You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It has been um, a hell of a Sunday. I can't even begin to put in words um, kind of how I'm feeling today. It's a little bit maybe overwhelmed, I guess you could say. Um, It has been definitely a crazy 24 hours for us and Coyotes fandom altogether. But before we get into all of that, I'd love to introduce to you all, as always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. It's uh, nice to be back with you again. And we, we delayed our podcast 24 hours. We were originally going to do it on a Saturday night, but we were like, you know, maybe we should delay it a day just in case anything else breaks. And thank goodness we did because the shit hit the fan on Sunday all day. Uh, with all the Coyote news that was dropping, and uh, so, but I'm glad we have plenty of time to talk about it. Apparently, we have we're gonna have a lot of new people listening to our show because we got about 95 different tweets from people today that were like, "Can't wait to listen to your show and hear you guys take thoughts on it." And so, we should probably dive dive right into it. Like, no bullshit this week. Usually, we come into the show and we bullshit for 15 minutes and talk about life and other stuff, but no time, no time to do that today. Too busy, too busy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, how big of a shit show do you have to have things going on where people are literally, you know, it, they're sitting there and they're salivating about it as if it was literally like a fucking episode of The Bachelor, for Christ's sake. Like, people have been salivating over this whole scenario for the past couple hours now. Like, our mornings were insane. We were on Blues Notes this morning and there was stuff dropping while we were on there. There was people tweeting us asking about it while we were on there. And I think a large part of it has to do with the fact that this is messy, crazy, crazy messy. And no one has definitive answers. No one really wants to go on record and say anything. It'll come out as like an NHL source says this or says that, but um, no one's been really wanting to say things about it. And I think a large part of it has to do is like, it keeps on coming back to like the divorce analogy. Like no one wants to take sides in a divorce. Like no one wants to take sides in this divorce because it turned out to be a very messy one. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive right into the details of this and then we'll, we'll get to our opinions in, in just a minute. But in case you didn't see it, it began this afternoon with the statement from the Arizona coyotes that, kind of set Twitter aflame because this is the statement here is something you don't often the tone of it at least is something you don't often hear in professional sports so I'm going to read it verbatim here from the Arizona Coyotes they issued the following statement today regarding John Chica. John Chica has quit as the general manager and president of hockey ops of the Arizona Coyotes the club is disappointed in his actions and his timing as the Coyotes prepare to enter the NHL's hub city of Edmonton where the team will begin postseason play for the first time since 2012. Chaika has chosen to quit 
on a strong and competitive team, a dedicated staff, and the Arizona Coyotes fans, the greatest fans in the NHL. The club is moving forward and is named Steve Sullivan as the interim general manager. He has the full support of the entire organization, including team ownership, executive leadership, players, and coaches. So that's how the day began with a professional sports team calling out its former general manager for quitting on fans and the team. Like that's that's pretty pretty incredible. And then I don't know if you have do you have the John Chaika statement pulled up so you can read that for the people cuz he he threw it he lobbed it right back at him too. Yes. Um John Chaika came back as his rebuttal and said the past 4 years have been the most enjoyable of my life. In Arizona, I became a husband and a father while working as hard as possible to make the Coyotes a Stanley Cup contender. I love our players, coaches, staff, and fans, and I very much wish I could be with the team in Edmonton. Sadly, the situation created by ownership made that an impossibility. That's all I intend to say on this matter for now. A fuller, more detailed explanation may be necessary in the near future. Until then, I wish the Coyotes good luck in Edmonton and thank every member of our pack for the support shown to Catherine, our daughter, and myself over the years. Also, I would, I would, I want to congratulate Steve Sullivan as he steps into a new role. We've worked side by side for years. He is a great person and a terrific hockey mind. Again, yeah, he just lobbed it right back out and basically putting the ball back in the court of the the ownership group. And listen, we I don't think Corey or I want to speculate on everything that went down here because the fact is we don't know. There were a bunch of publicized reports about what exactly might have happened. Craig Morgan had a, a quote earlier today where he had a source call out John Chica for, for being, quote, a liar and a quitter. We, you know, we just don't, we don't know what happened here. We don't know for sure if it was over him leaving for another job or not. Although that seems to be what most reports are saying is that John Chico wanted to leave and then things just kind of disasperated from there. But I, I, I don't know if you, you probably, I think you agree with me on this. The worst thing about this is hopefully, you know, number one, hopefully we do get the full story. Eventually I doubt we will. But the worst thing about this is this is dropping all this news and all this is happening at the wrong time. And I think that's something that people are forgetting to point out because everybody loves drama. They love it. The national hockey media loves the drama. Our THPN group chat today was a shit show because people were like, oh, they were laughing at the Coyotes over this. And it's ridiculous. When they are, as we we are recording this, and when you hear this, when you hear this, it'll be six days away from when they're going to be dropping the puck against the National Predators in the National Hockey League qualifying round playoff series. And yet they're getting distracted by this. And that's the unfortunate thing here is that this has created a distraction for a team that didn't need it. You know, the headline should be the Coyotes are playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, not drama behind the scenes of their general manager. Yeah, it, that it would is definitely the worst part of this is the fact that the Coyotes are in headlines again for some type of controversy, um, it, and the fact that it keeps going back and forth. I mean, I had an entire list of notes that I had written out that for if we were going to be doing this on Saturday, and um, it was totally different from what we have today. You know, it was like that Chica was looking for a job opportunity. 
and that it wasn't in the NHL and that the team had said, yes, you can go and explore this. And then he came back and um, during this like transition period, there were talks and that fell apart. And then it turned into them arguing and then Chaika cleaning out his office and was responding to no one. And before that, it was that he wasn't invited to talks with Hall, and now it is. So it's it's been so many moving parts that have been absolutely insane in this because it has changed so drastically within 24 hours. In you know, in that article that you were talking about with Craig Morgan. He had a source that was saying that, um, and, and all of this, keep in mind, the only thing that's really been consistent in this is that this all started about a month ago. So this is all coming and falling out now a month later. Um, but it was, and it was 48 hours ago that they announced today that he was officially gone. So um, he... In that conversation that uh, Craig Morgan had with one of his NHL sources, what he named him, um, the owner wanted to talk to Chaika, and a- another NHL owner wanted to talk to Chaika about a position. And Chaika went to Morello and had said that um, that he wanted to talk to this owner, and he said, "No, I want your head to be here. I want you to be here in Arizona." And um, he goes, well, you know, I, I usually have contacts throughout the league and I and it's more of like a contact thing. And he said, no, I would like you to stay here. You know, you just signed a contract extension in November. That was for and this keeps on going back to whether it was three or four years. And so um, then apparently somewhere in this, according to this source, again, um, he said that members of there there was this whole dialogue that members of the organization had stopped him from participating in things. It was not that, according to him, it was um, that Chaika had abandoned his position and didn't want to be a part of any of these things. So he was invited to the hall um, dinner, but didn't want to go and wasn't responding to anyone. And so um, it kind of went from one side was the bad guy to the other side is the bad guy today. And then I'm sure per everything, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, I mean, they do say that Chaika is not permitted to serve um, at, in that same position of uh, president of hockey operations or um, GM at any other team within his contract. Um, but it's it's very messy because the fact that they put out two very emotionally charged um basically responses to this on both sides the team side and his side it really shows that there is emotions kind of running wild right now so there might be it might be better to take some time off but it, in the end of it all i have never seen this team give that unemotional of a PR response to something. And I have never seen two sides pit each other against each other like this. And I'm, I'm sure there is some truth in the middle. Maybe there's some miscommunication, but I don't think 
we will really know right now what exactly that is. The only thing we can do is take it for what it is right now, which is, like you said, a distraction from what is supposed to be the focus, which is the fact that the team is the first time since 2012 going into a playoff situation. And that's what should be focused on. They're leaving for Edmonton today. And that is what needs to be the focus is the fact that they are going into this and they're going into this during a pandemic. It's not a very normal situation. And I'm sure it's stressful enough on the players as it is to not have all of these people harping on the coyotes like they constantly are. And I don't understand why everyone loves to just sit down and just fucking bully the coyotes every single time something goes wrong with them. If this was if this was any other team, if it was any of the originals, people would not be giving this much shit. People enjoy to the you know the ones that love the old old school of hockey love to rip on the coyotes the coyotes could do everything in their fucking power and they will still hate the coyotes so it's very disappointing that this shit is coming out when there's so many great things happening for this team and this team has worked so hard to get to this point yeah i think that's uh that's my my that's kind of the thing i'm taking away from this is it sucks it was a divorce things like this happen it was unfortunate that I had to be so public. That's the biggest thing is like in business, people leave jobs all the time, right? You move around to different cities, whatever, all the time. GMs move around all the time. Coaches are fired all the time. So it, that within itself, a GM saying he wants to leave for a different opportunity isn't that big of a deal. It happens. But when something like this happens as publicly as it does, you know, it, it sucks, but it happens, you know? And I think if, you know, the Coyotes and John Chica, if it were up to them, they probably would both agree that this should have gone a better way and they could have done this a lot better and done it behind the scenes and, and John Chica could have gone off and done whatever he wanted to do without this public infighting going on. And But we need to remember that, like, it's in the past now. We can't do anything about it, right, you know? So as Coyotes fans, we need to under remember that, in my opinion, John Chica did a really good job with this franchise. You know, this team was a mess under Dave Tippett and Don Maloney, the previous GM. And they weren't really headed in a good direction. They, you know, they were, it was very old school type of team with Don Maloney and Dave Tippett and the buddy-buddy relationship with them. And then John Chica came in, Rick Tockett came in, and they in, instituted this team with uh, shot in the arm, and over the past couple seasons, the team has gotten better. Okay, they were on the, on an uptick here. They were this year. This team was on paper, at least, a great roster that John Chica built. Unfortunately for John Chica, in the back half of the season, that team and those players, in my opinion, underperformed, and you can't put that on John Chica. And I don't think you can really blame Rick Tockett for it because we saw, and we do, we talked about this on our show quite a bit in the past, which is when the Cardinals were struggling, it's like, we know this team can work because we saw it work for half the season when they were in the top 10 of the NHL, when they were top of the Pacific Division. We know the roster could work. We know the coaching is good. But for whatever reason, this back half of the season – when players just all started to underperform from where they were at the beginning of the season, there's probably a multitude of reasons for that. But with that said, 
You know, I'm I'm excited to see what Steve Sullivan can do now in replace of John Chica. Yeah. I, Go ahead. I think that's another point that needs to be brought up is the fact that with Steve Sullivan coming in, it is not the end of the world. He has been working with Chica and he knows the way that he operates, the way he does things. And he brings in something that Chica couldn't. He used to play hockey. He comes from a very hockey background. And as much as everyone wanted to throw out today that uh, Chica wasn't um, an analytics person, I have no idea where the fuck people are getting that from. He is, him and his sister both are very touted in the analytics business and have their own. So I don't know where the fuck that's coming from. But like his biggest thing was the fact that he was able to take a more analytics robotic approach at being a GM that wasn't part of the, it was new and different. He was young and it was part of the, you know, it wasn't part of the old boys club. You know, he had a fresh new approach to it. And, but when you take that, I always said, you know, I, I don't question a lot of his things anymore because of the fact that when I did question them, they all ended up panning out in some way or another like I didn't understand his, his the way his mind works I could not figure out the way his mind works but the one thing I always said that he was missing is that ability to to make it work where it was not just on paper like it's a team is a relationship just like anything else and if you go into a relationship and you look at two people on paper they're not always the best together when it comes to chemistry and and the, as much as we've seen with quarantines for sure people cannot tolerate each other for long periods of time when they're irritated and they are having to deal with disappointments and frustrations and teams are the same way you go through ups and downs just like any other relationship and that was my one thing that I always felt like Chica was missing was he never had that ability to look at a player and the way that that player would be in a locker room and would be able to um, work with other players on a line and as a person on the bench with them. I don't think he had that that part of his own personality. So I didn't think he had the capability to do that for a team. And I think this... In this situation, Steve Sullivan has that. He's able to bridge that gr- that gap, and I think that is actually a really good thing and is a reason why he should get a serious look at staying in this position. And, you know, what I'm glad about with Steve Sullivan is that he's worked his way up the right way, which is he began with the Kyries in 2014, basically as in their development area and he worked his way up to director of player development then he became the assistant gm to john chica in 2017 now he's going to be the interim gm and the thing i like about this is and i mentioned this on twitter and i think i mentioned on the blue notes podcast too which is a lot of times the nhl the thing i don't like about it is it's too and we talk about it's a it's an ongoing topic on our show too it's too clubby so you have a bad gm and like Peter Peter Chiarelli, for example, who basically completely ruined the Edmonton Oilers, right? And Taylor Hall was one of his draft picks, if I'm not mistaken. And that team was just a mess. And they ended up getting those three picks in the first, in four seasons, and they just couldn't do anything with it. And then he got fired, and he wound up with the Bruins, and ruined the Bruins too. And then the Bruins had to bring in Don Sweeney, who's their current GM. 
So what I like about Steve Sullivan is it's get somebody new getting a chance to prove themselves. And, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be in the job. I, I would like to see him get at least a year, give him an off season, see what he can do. And then, and then go from there, right? He's got a lot of work ahead of him. Coyotes are cap situation next year is, is all is not great, but you know, I, I have faith that Steve Sullivan is the right guy for the job. So before we move on to talking about the uh, actual hockey being played coming up in the next week against the Predators game one, um, I have, we have one question that we want to touch on before we move on here, which is, uh, this is from Mike who is from the, uh, the, the Tampa Bay lightning, um, podcast here on the hockey podcast network. And he asked us this question. He said, Thoughts on chances Chica gets another job at the NHL with comments made about him. Um, so do you think John Chica eventually winds up in the NHL again? I think at some point he will. I think that is a very loaded question for the situation that is going on right now. So the first stuff that came out, it was said that Chica was looking at a new job and the new job was not a lateral move and that it would not be in the NHL in that that was how it started out and then in 24 hours that changed with that source who claimed that yes it was in the NHL and that he would be moving to a different team so depending on which one of those is true I think it depends because um, well, one inside the NHL themselves, they, they talk to each other and they know, I'm sure they know actually probably a little bit more than we do. And if an owner doesn't care, he, he's going to take Chica just off of the work he's done. If it was a situation that we've heard today where he was looking at an NHL job and, um, Morello prevented him from doing so, um, then I would say yes, because I doubt that um, that team is going to care about the fact that, um, you know, that all this happened because they were interested in looking into him in the first place. And it shows to them that he's committed to whoever he was talking to um, because he blew all this stuff up in order to try and talk to that team. If it comes to where he was talking about a different job that is not in the NHL, then he himself may be trying to leave the NHL and going in a different direction, and so he may not come back. But I think it's highly dependent upon all of the situations that are going on, how terrible it actually was, and all of that. Because um, I'm sorry to say this, but there have been people who have coaches... GMs, all of that, they've done much worse things and still were given jobs within the NHL. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Yeah, I, I, now you mentioned earlier that very bottom point of Craig Morgan's article where they, he talks about how his contract is for the next three years. And so there's going to be a lot of legal issues that go on with that. And, Depending on how that plays out, that's kind of going to help us figure out what his next move is. I think he's going to wind up in the NHL again at some point. So thanks for the question, 
Mike, we appreciate it. Go listen to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning broadcast or podcast if uh, if you want to uh, some thoughts from the Eastern Conference perspective. But we're going to move on to actual hockey now. We're going to get into the Coyotes and Predators series a little bit more in depth in just a moment. But before that, a couple things. Number one, we have a merch store for you, and it's awesome. And we have some brand new merch that just dropped this week. We have some brand new masks that are available. So Corey designed them. They're really cool. We have a Good Night and Good Hockey one. We also have our logo. Those are available on our store. You can go onto our Twitter page at Corey underscore Richie Show, and you can pop the link there, and you can see all of our terrific merch. Um, Corey also has merch in hand. I'm going to get mine soon, my super dope shirts. I'm excited. We're going to post pictures of that so you can see for yourselves. So go check that out. Make sure you're following us at Corey underscore Richie Show on Twitter, at Corey Richie Show on Instagram. At Corey Nicole on Twitter for Corey, two E's. At our floor is 91 on Twitter for myself. And uh, before we continue with the show, we want to make sure that you guys check out the Vancouver Canucks podcast. It's called Stick and Rink. It's hilarious. Here is some of what you missed on that show. <laughs> You're a slob. Like, shut your whore mouth. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, like the fir- the phrase pigeon toss, like I find that hilarious. Like <laughs> as if you were to toss a pigeon. What like the fuck is a pigeon toss? No, like you just pigeon toss a guy out of the way, like Let's go, he scores! Don't forget to catch Stick in Rink, the healthiest podcast in the Vancouver area. Every Monday on the Stick in Rink podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts from, or on the hockey podcast network, every team, everywhere. You know how fucked I am in the head? When you said pidget toss, the first thing I thought of was midget toss. We're back. Thank you, Richie, for uh, putting that in for us. Yes, go check them out. They are hilarious. Um, we we actually get along really well with all of our fellow pod mates, I guess you could say. Um, on the Hockey Podcast Network, we have a ton of fun with them. That We were um, just hanging out with all of them last night, actually doing a uh a fun after hours that we do and uh it's it's always a ton of fun and a lot of drinking but (laughs) we digress and we want to get into some of the most important stuff which is the stuff that we were talking about before outside of the drama which is the hockey that is coming up and as I mentioned before, they, the team, by the time you are listening to this, will be in Edmonton and getting bubble ready. We will be getting the team prepared for their first game on August 2nd. And as we talked about in our past podcast, yes, they will be morning games, people. So make sure you get your coffee. If you're a little stressed, get some alcohol to go with your coffee and sit down on the couch and be prepared to cheer on your coyotes because this is going to be one jam-packed series. Yeah, and it all begins. It's going to start on August 2nd. We're within a week. Oh, man, I can't wait. We also have an exhibition game coming up against the Golden Knights coming up this week. Uh, That's a night game, so that should be fun. I'm curious to see, in terms of that game, we won't spend too much time on this game because it doesn't really matter in the scheme of things as long as everybody comes out of that game healthy. Which is, I was talking to Cat about this, Corey, last night, because I was trying to figure out, okay, well, you only get one exhibition game this year, or you know, before the series starts. So, like, what do you do with the goaltenders? Are they gonna, are they gonna give a period of peace to 
to Darcy, to Alantiranta, and to Aiden Hill, the three goalies they brought with them to Edmonton, or, or are they just going to let you know Darcy and Ranta essentially split the game in half, thirty minutes apiece? You know, who do you play? Do you do you try and sneak in a Barrett Hayton into the lineup and see how he fits in? Do you do you do you just put out the exact same lineup that you're going to put up against Nashville? It's tough that there's only one exhibition game in my opinion. I wish they I wish they would have had two. I wish they would have had two games because one to try and figure everything out and figure your lineup out after a four month long break is is a little tough. Yeah, that's the thing is coming after this break, it's going to be difficult for all teams, and that's one of the things that um, I think everyone is going to have a hard time facing is the fact that there was such a long break in between that figuring out how you want to play and what exactly your lineup is going to be is going to be a lot more difficult because again, it's not like you were mentioning earlier. There's no, um, there's no point where you're getting to see them in game type experiences um, more than just this one exhibition one. And it's not against a variety of teams either. So you're not able to pick up particularly um, how they're playing against different styles of play and basically how, they're feeling right now and it it's difficult because you're jumping straight into high risk games and high risk situations right off the bat it's a tougher thing than i think a lot of us are thinking which is you know i know both of us agree that it should be darcy kemper but auntie ranta's right there especially with how well he's doing in in the uh lead up to this but i think you'll agree with me on this it's a very very good problem to have because it's a it's the complete opposite for Nashville which is they're still trying to figure out who their goaltender is because both of their goaltenders aren't that great right Pecorine had his probably his worst season as a pro this season and he had he had a save percentage south of 900 south of 900 and UC Soros was barely cracking the top 20 in terms of save percentage in the NHL this year so Although I think it's going to be UC Soros that's probably going to get the game one start for Nashville, I, I'd say that that uh, I'm lucky that that the Coyotes have a goaltending situation that they have, whereas the Predators are kind of a hot mess in net right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's never a bad uh, problem to have when it's you're trying to figure out who you want to start as a goaltender because they're both great goaltenders. Um, I think when it comes to uh, this series, people keep on relying on the fact that the Coyotes aren't going to win the series unless they have strong goaltending and uh, newsflash, no one is going to win any of these series without strong goaltending. Everyone has taken a break off and they have been only skating on open ice by themselves during this break before they got into training camp. So, um, you know, it's going to be, essentially a defensive disaster at a certain point. And so everyone is going to need good goaltending. The fact that everyone believes that that's the only thing that the Coyotes have going for them and is the only thing that's going to save them in the series, I think is honestly a joke because of the fact that there are plenty of things that can go well for this Coyotes team. And, um, you know, if one of the things that's going to be struggling for every team is defense and that's the only thing that ever anyone whenever they want to argue with us at least um always bring up nashville strong defense and it's like no team is going to come in as strong defensively at 
into this as they were during the season. And both these teams were very streaky this year in the opposite end. And the fact that the Coyotes started off hot and um, kind of dwindled out. And then the Predators started out not very good and then started rising towards the end. So to say that one of these teams is um, above and beyond the other, I think, is kind of ridiculous to kind of suggest and I think a lot of things have to work work for both teams for them to be successful and I think this may be the first time too that certain people like Clayton Keller and like Phil Kessel and uh, now that Taylor Hall is feeling a lot more um, normalized into this team that they there are offensive opportunities for the Coyotes to really break through in this series if they perform the way that they can. Yeah, and that's a that's another big key to this series is the Coyotes needing a little just a little tiny bit more offense, right? They basically just need to get to that three goals per game mark, and they're golden because your goaltenders are so good, you're expecting them to only really give up two goals or less in every one of these games. So if you get to that three goal mark, you're pretty good. And I'm pretty confident that they can beat the Nashville defense. And that's been a lot of people who are, are pro-Nashville in this series are like, oh, that Nashville defense is elite. Where? Where is it elite? They have one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League in Roman Yossi. That's for sure. I love watching Roman Yossi play. He's incredible. He's their team captain. And they also have Ryan Ellis on their defense. And they also have a couple other players on their back end. They have big names, sure. Sure they do that can produce in the offensive zone like Roman, like Roman Yossi at an elite level. But I keep going back to the same statistic all the time, Corey, which is if your defense is so fucking good, why in the world was your goal differential in the negative this year? They were a minus eight in goal differential, and yet, oh, their defense, and their defense is so good. Bullshit. It obviously wasn't if you have a negative goal differential. If you didn't know, that means you're giving up more goals than you're scoring yourself. And that, that's a problem. Yeah, what was what was the verbiage you gave to the guys at Rippin? I said, I don't know if you know this, but in in the NHL, you need to score more more goals than the other team to win. <laughs> That may be like the most savage response to just call into someone's show and say, I had to have you repeat that because I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, they had a minus two goal differential this year, which is, you know, pretty close to even. But the Coyotes, plus eight, one of the best, you know, defensive teams in the league. They gave up, what, the third least goals in the entire NHL this year, and yet it's the National Predators that have the best defense. Bull crap. Bull crap. When the Coyotes are healthy, all three of their lines defensively are some of the best best in the game. And and that and and that brings me to the next point, Corey, which is Oliver Ekman Larson. Right? There was a story that he came out and said in an interview where he has never been healthier than he is now because he had the offseason surgery and he was dealing with injuries all season long just a little bit. If Oliver Ekman Larson can do anything anything in the Nashville series just like give me like 15% more production the Coyotes will win just on that alone there was a video surfacing um of him getting tripped up in practice though I didn't see anything after that but I did see a video surfacing 
he's he's fine. He uh, he continued in practice later on. Yeah, he is another one of those. He is a traditional offensive defenseman in the fact that you expect him to score and you expect him to excel in what he is good at. And he just didn't the entire season. And that was a lot of problems we were having. I mean, um, Richie was going through the... um, the sound bites of when we were doing this podcast during one of the games this season. And it was literally us just cursing Oliver Ekman Larson for all of the problems he was making during the game. And that I think was one of the biggest issues is when you have your captain not firing on all four cylinders during the year, and then he's getting frustrated and it's causing more of an issue than it is a solution um it definitely doesn't help and especially when you're having a defensive core that was trying to work through a lot of things throughout the season so if he's mentally in a better place physically in a better place and he performs the way that he knows how and he does well at then that's just another power on both ends that is going to propel this team forward that no one is factoring in as well and i hope phil kessel is able to find the phil kessel of the past in the playoffs with the pittsburgh penguins when he helped them win the stanley cup you know like and he said it too he's like yeah i was i was banged up i had some of the worst injuries of my career this year and at times you could tell and just imagine from him, you get 15% more from him in the playoffs. That's enough to put you over the edge. So, and you can say the same thing about guys like Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz, who underperformed at times this season. You just need them just 15% more production from a lot of their players. Or hell, Derek Stepan. Derek Stepan, or, you know, and, and, you know, Michael Grabner, who we talked about on, on Blue Notes. I don't know if he's going to play in this series or not, but. And you can even spread it out. Hell, you can give 5% more production from all of these guys and and you're going to win. Because we saw that at the beginning of the season. We were getting production from Nick Schmaltz and from Clayton Keller. When these guys were hot and they were rolling at almost a point-per-game pace at the beginning of the season, guys were winning and they were one of the best teams in the NHL. So it's there. The talent is there. The depth is there. They just got to put it all together. And I, I think this time off is going to help them do that. Coyotes in five. Coyotes in five. I'm sticking with my prediction. And you have to wonder, too, how much of the second season was second half of the season was due to the fact of mental issues. And that was one of the problems that, like, uh, Phil Kessel was citing and the fact that, you know, he was fighting through an injury for quite a while there. And then once he was back to normal, he was struggling with confidence issues from playing through that injury and he he'd even been quoted saying that he had gotten multiple looks but he just hadn't been able to bury them and that it was so frustrating for him during that time so getting this time off and getting this break and fresh start will help those guys that were having those mental issues and um you know just as much as this sport is physical it is mental too i mean we can't count out the fact that it's going to be like this for every team. 
Every team has had time for players that are injured to become healthy and for guys to get the break that they needed. So it's really difficult. We can speculate all we want off of on paper what this team is going to look like off of the season, what they were like, but it's so difficult until I actually see them on the ice and see how they're performing in these games to tell you how they look and how all these teams are going to go. Every single time we've had to make any predictions on who's going to win these games, I keep saying how difficult it is because none of this is normal and none of this has been seen before. So what's your, what's your series prediction? Have you changed it all? I think last time you you predicted the coyotes. Are you, are you sticking with it? Oh, I'm 100% sticking with the coyotes. How many games? Four. Oh, that's, I, I don't, I don't really see that happening. Cause I think I, I mentioned this on the, on the blue notes too, which is like, I think all these series are going to go four or five particular series. The teams are are close enough. I think the Coyotes have just the slightest bit of edge over over Nashville. It's not like the Coyotes are demonstrably better than Nashville. I don't. I hope you guys didn't take that away from this. I don't think either Corey or Corey or I are saying that, but the Coyotes not at all. Yeah, the Coyotes are the better team, and over a five game series, the Predators will win some games in this series. I think you know, but three out of five games that the Coyotes can win. I think they can do that. I think that's why this is going five games, especially after that four-month-long break. The hockey is going to be very sloppy in these games. Um, I, I think people what people are under, underestimating is how evenly matched I feel like this series is going to be. When we're saying these things and we're saying these things about the Coyotes, we're saying it in the fact that we feel like people are underestimating the Coyotes' ability to be in this series and the fact that this is going to be a really crazy tough one to watch because it it should be very evenly matched. And the only reason why I even say four is in the fact that I would prefer it because if the Coyotes go against a really heavy team the next series, I would much rather than play four instead of five. Yeah. I I 100% agree with that because you're, you have five games in a week. Like that's, that's tough, and the other those other teams, the top four teams in the, in the in the Western Conference, aren't doing that. You know, they're only playing their three game round robins, and they're doing it much more spaced out. So I'm glad you you brought that up. I think that's an interesting thing, and and that's why it's going to be so tough for these qualifying round teams to win a Stanley Cup this year, is because playing five games in a week and then going on to play much tougher competition is going to be really tough. But uh, before we we move on to wrap up with Corey's corner and Dick of the Week. I went to the Vegas odds here. I love I love me some Vegas odds, Corey. And uh, I already put down some shekels on on the series. I picked the Coyotes to win the series. Right now they are plus 115 underdogs in the series according to Bovada. So I I think they're a good bet. I put down 40 bucks. 40 bucks on the Coyotes to win the series at plus 115, and they are also the slight underdog in game one. They're basically even money, though, about at plus 105. So, again, that kind of shows that we're coming off such a long layoff. Uh, Not a lot of these teams are going to be uber-favored in a lot of these games, and honestly, that's kind of the case for most NHL games on a nightly basis anyway, where uh, the the lines are kind of similar to that. But uh, before we move on to Corey's Corner and Dick of the Week, we have to take another break for just a moment So that way we can let you know that you can also listen 
to the fourth line voice here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Some Enforcer Base podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colton Orr. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice podcast wherever you find your podcast presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. Yeah, he would uh, be at the bar and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would like give a double take and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada. You know, I, it's not bad. You know, it's. Enforcer-based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from. Thank you, Richie. And now something we have been looking forward to, at least I've been looking forward to, all episode, which is Richie's Dick of the Week, which is brought to you by Manscapes. I still think this is the greatest combination of sponsor and segment ever. I mean, Dick of the Week and Manscaped speaks for itself. Um, Go ahead and get your 20% and free shipping with our code THPN at Manscaped and uh, get yourself trimmed. All right. it's This was an easy one this week. I was excited for this all week long. I brought it up on our after-hour show on Saturday night. I said, I'm going to make Jeremy Roenick my dick of the week this week, and I think he deserves a hockey stick shoved up his you-know-where because he's back. he was back in the news this week for being absolutely ridiculous again. He is suing NBC Sports over his termination, claiming that he was fired for heterosexual discrimination. What? Is that a thing? That's I didn't think no. I didn't think that was a thing. That doesn't and he just he's pissed because he was fired. Go away, Jeremy Roenick. Go find your freaking hole in the middle of Scottsdale on your freaking golf course. Go go hit all the golf balls you want, but I I do not want to see you back on my television screens talking about hockey ever again after you bring this crap up. And I hope whatever judge gets a hold of this tells Jeremy Roenick to his face, hey, bud, let's drop the gloves. You're ridiculous. Get out of my freaking courtroom. Heterosexual discrimination. Jeremy Roenick is my dick of the week this week, presented by Manscaped.com. Go to there. THPN, as you mentioned, Corey, is the promo code. You get 20% off. And free shipping. And now and now it is time to uh, to wrap up this edition of Sporty with Corey in a very busy, busy episode of Sporty with Corey and Richie. Um, the John Chica news, we talked about that. We talked about previewing the series. But now it is time for Corey's Corner, which this week is presented by our friends at coolhockey.com. If you go to coolhockey.com right now, you could find a nice selection of jerseys, including Arizona Coyotes jerseys, just in time for the playoffs. You pop down to a promo code THPN, and you get 30% off of your jersey. So you can get a brand new Jacob Chickren jersey, like soup stitched, really nice, for about 170 bucks. thanks to our friends at coolhockey.com. Corey, what's in your corner this week? 
So as I kind of mentioned last week, my corner is usually a little bit more laid back. So that way, you know, we got the yin and the yang with uh, the dick of the week, which usually is a little bit more aggressive. And and so normally I try and tell people a little bit how to be better people. But today I'm going to be talking about being better fans. Throughout all of this stuff with... Um, the whole John Chica news and everyone again attacking the Coyotes usually as they do. Usually it's for the fact that no one shows up to our games. Guess what? Now we're at a point where no one's showing up to anyone's games. Haha, <laughs> joke on you. Um, but in the end, the biggest thing is the fact that I feel like Coyotes fans have gotten into this funk anymore where they take it and they do like a woe is me type thing. Like we always joke around about the fact that, you know, like as fans of anything in Arizona, you know, we can't have nice things because we do have a, a stream of bad luck. But in the end, as Coyotes fans and as Arizona sports fans in general, you just have to be proud of your team and the things that they do in the end right now your Arizona Coyotes are in a play-in round when we weren't even sure if they were going to make it into the playoffs before all of this. We need to appreciate this opportunity and celebrate the fact that the Coyotes are doing better than any of the other sports teams in the Valley right now and be able to celebrate hockey in the desert. This is the time to celebrate and band together and really be behind your team and not let the stupid drama behind the scenes win because of the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm sure for a little bit, the players are going to be irritated by all this stuff, but for the most part, I'm sure they could care less for right now and just would rather focus on the task at hand. And I think as fans, we should do the same and just band behind the coyotes and make sure that they get the support that is needed considering the fact that no one will actually be at these games. So um, virtually that's the only way you can give the support that this team needs in order to uh, make a good run. And uh, you know, if they make a good run, we might keep Taylor Hall. So put your stamp on that and, you know, try and ignore some of the bullshit for once. We always, you know, Coyotes fans are tougher than that, considering the fact of all the shit that Coyotes fans have gone through. So act like Coyotes fans, act tough, push through it, and support your team like always. That was uh, very well said. Uh, hopefully more people support them than not, because they're going to be playing so stinking early in the morning, for goodness sake. Which, again, hate that. We talked about that with Kat last week. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode, I think, Corey. I think we... Again, once again, we forgot to touch on some things that we had planned to talk about, but we just ran out of time. So maybe we'll touch on them next week. Like We were going to talk about the Seattle Kraken. We were going to talk about um, the teams we don't want to face in the Pacific Division, or excuse me, in the, in the next round of the playoffs if the Coyotes beat the Predators. We were going to talk about, Corey had a really great rant about the Coyotes moving from the Pacific to the Central lined up, but that... That we ran out of time for that too, so but maybe oh, we'll... I can rant about that anytime. Anyone wants me to rant about it, I will rant rant about it day in and day out. We we still have a couple. We still have a couple minutes left here. You can go ahead. I'll give you. I'll give you two min two and a half minutes here to talk about why you're pissed that the Coyotes are moving to the Central. Go. 
I, I'm very irritated in this, and and I will keep it very short in the fact of if there's anything else, there's there's multiple reasons, but if there's any main reason that I feel like I should be pissed about this, it's the fact that I, I feel like it is targeted in the fact that the coyotes, you know, are getting moved over be in so that way they can fit two expansion teams into this place. So it doesn't matter at all how long the Coyotes have been here, been in this division, doing all these things. Soon as all of a sudden, it's like, oh, beautiful rainbows. There's new people here. They get the spot. No, they haven't proven themselves. How, think about how much shit the Coyotes have been through. You're not. You're just going to uproot them like that? It just. It's, to me, bullshit. And then, you know, if you really wanted to go into... You know, I, I'm going to say that for later, but I'm just saying the expansion teams getting that over the Coyotes, I think, is just a giant piece of bullshit. I 100%, 100% agree with you on that. Before we go, we again, once again, want to mention, go check out our merch store. Lots of stuff available. A lot of cool stuff available, including some new masks that you can buy. Corey made them. They're super dope. They have a good night and good hockey one. They also have one with our logo on it. You can go check out that on uh, the What For Apparel store. You can search for Sporty with Corey and Richie. We'll probably come out that way. We also have the links up on our Twitter page as as well. So um, yeah, it's uh, this was a, a a great great episode. A lot of a been a messy forty eight hours, but we got through it, Corey. We did well. We uh, I think. Hopefully, everybody tuning in for the first time to our show enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly did. Kyrie's in five. I have money on the table with the guys from the Rippin' Biscuits podcast and and Isha, the the main guy at the Hockey Podcast Network. So I have like $54 riding on this, plus the money I put into Bovada. I have way too much money on this series. It's ridiculous. He's actually putting his money where his mouth is. Exactly. Exactly. That's how much I believe in this in this team. I believe in this team. I believe in this show. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Sporty with Corey and Richie. We'll talk to you again next week. And when we talk to you again next week, we're going to be talking about an actual game. We're going to be talking to you after game one of that series against the National Predators. So, hope you join us then. Until next week, Sporty Nation, go Yotes, and good night and good hockey, everybody.